Welcome to the Lock Sportscast, your weekly source for Lock Sport News. This is episode 145, recorded May 23rd, 2023. I'm your host, Charles Current, and in today's episode, the U.S. Postal Service halted mail in Seattle for a while, vault in a coffee shop, first pick of the Western Electric 30B, what's new with digs, LPU handle project, criminals, videos to watch, new products, events, meetups, sales, giveaways, and more. You can subscribe to the audio version of the show on most podcast apps and at thelocksportscast.com. You can subscribe to the video version on YouTube, Odyssey, Rumble, or Apple Podcasts. Links to stories discussed will be in the show notes. Full show notes with all of the links can always be located at thelocksportscast.com. First in the news, U.S. Postal Service halted mail in Seattle. Mail delivery in the 98118 zip code from Columbia City to Rainier Beach was halted for about a week. They say that less than 900 customers were affected, and those customers were directed to pick up their mail at the local postal annex. USPS spokesperson Kim Frum said, We appreciate the patience and understanding of the community as we work to preserve the safety and sanctity of the mail. She said the USPS is making improvements to affected equipment. She didn't provide additional details on what improvements are being made, though postal officials said USPS is taking additional steps including replacing keys, installing high-security collection boxes to stop robberies nationally. Robberies of postal carriers in the U.S. have more than quadrupled over the last decade. Those robberies often include taking carriers' universal key, known as an arrow key, that carriers use to open collection boxes, parcel lockers, cluster box units, apartment panels, and other mailbox units that are locked. Carriers generally are assigned one per route and must return them at the end of their workday. However, a 2020 audit found that the Postal Service had ineffective controls in managing its arrow keys with an unknown number of keys in its inventory and inadequate reporting of lost, stolen, or broken keys. And what they're doing uh, tends to be pretty vague as far as what their additional security steps include, what they're replacing keys with. Another article I read said that they were starting to replace some drop boxes. These were specifically ones with a drive-through next to them. But uh, again, very vague on what the actual security improvement of those boxes is. So I guess we'll have to wait and see if they're actually making effective changes or just changes for the sake of keeping things obscure for a while longer. Next up is a tweet by... We're going to need a bigger pod. And it was a clip of one of their episodes. In the clip, director Nicholas Harvard talks about Ryan Phillippe learning how to actually pick a lock for the film The Locksmith. Evidently, he worked with the film's technical advisors, a husband and wife locksmith team, and they taught him how to pick locks in preparation for the film. However, he does state that some of the locks were modified to make filming better and, uh, That's a little vague as to how they were modified. Anyway, if you're interested, a link to that tweet will be in the show notes. Moving on to community news, we have what appears to be the first public pick and gut of a Western Electric 30B. This is the 30B, not the 30C, slightly different model. 
And this was uh, completed and posted by the Greenish One on YouTube with the description, I think this is the first public pick of this lock. Please let me know if I'm wrong so I can credit the person who did it. And so far, nobody has pointed out anybody picking this particular lock before. And if you want to know a bit more about how it was picked and what makes it different, check out the second video explaining the method to pick the Western Electric 30B, also by the Greenish One. And both videos will be linked in the show notes if you want to check them out. And a while back, uh, Diggs with Digby Lock and Tool contacted me to let me know that there are some changes coming. And I took some notes on what those changes would be. And I was going to report them here on the podcast. But I have decided that since there is an excellent episode of Interview with a Lock Picker, episode 44, Diggs, which is put out by the Lockpicker 1969, where you get to hear Diggs talk about these changes in his own words, just like he did with me. I think that would be much more effective. So I'm going to link that episode in the show notes and recommend that you go over there and check it out. There are some big changes coming in how he designs and distributes locks. And I think it would be well worth your while to check out the episode if you're a fan of Diggs locks, or even if you're not, Go check out the episode. The Lockpicker 1969 does a great job on these interview episodes, so I really recommend you go check it out. This one in particular, if you're interested in the changes going on over at Digby Lock and Tool, I can give you a brief overview. There are changes coming to the way he designs and sells locks. There's going to be a lot more involvement in community input from YouTube, and if you want to know even more, check out the interview. And next up is a link that was shared with me to the LPU handle project over at jimmylongs.com. And I thought I would share that here on the show. I'm going to read what the description says so that you guys can get a a feel for what this is. Again, this is on jimmylongs.com and there'll be a link in the show notes if you want to check this out for yourself. But it says, this project has come from a few different discussions about not carrying tension wrenches on jimmylongs.com. This makes it so new people would have to buy from multiple sites in order to get started using my tools. So this isn't great. I plan on carrying tension tools in the future. This has also brought up discussions. If there are any type of handle that could be plastic injected around a tension tool, that would be beneficial. I've tried a few things in the past and really hadn't come up with great ideas. That's where this project can help. I have some polymorph, which is a low temperature moldable thermal plastic. My thought is that we can have a group of experienced pickers from LPU. I'll send about an ounce of polymorph. This is enough for four pick handles, which can also be reused many times by reheating. The goal as a group would be to come up with ideas of beneficial and functional handles for tension tools. I do ask that everyone involved share their ideas, either through pictures or videos or whatever works. For collaboration, as far as sharing ideas, we can either use the custom picks channel, or maybe we can get admins to create a separate tool brainstorming channel. So what's the catch? Well, if we come up with a great idea, I'll machine molds and start selling it. And I'll have something worthwhile to offer tension tool-wise on my site. As with my lock picks that I sell, I would absolutely make money selling these. Not much, but still. With hopes of one day buying a fiber laser so I don't have to keep outsourcing that part of the manufacturing. But 
we could treat it as a completely open project that anyone or company could also use the idea and also manufacture, sell, etc. I have enough polymorph to send out to 15 people, but anyone can feel free to join and contribute. Polymorph, Instamorph, etc. They're all the same and pretty cheap on Amazon. So this is an interesting idea and says he's only sending out to 15 people, but you are certainly will but you are certainly welcome to join in and contribute. Just uh, pick up your own polymorph. And the people he's accepting for his are only within the US because he doesn't want to do international shipping, which I don't blame him on that. It is quite a pain. Anyway, so I'll put a link in the show notes. If you've had any wonderful ideas in the past that you can remember or you think you could be helpful in the future, be sure to reach out to Jimmy Longs and uh, contribute. And we have a new lock sport challenge this is the blue whale lock sport challenge this was by bandito brandito 07 and i thought i would read at least part of the description from the challengelock.com website to kind of describe this for most of us working up through the reddit belt ranks to get to blue was a feat of commitment and endurance that took months to do it now all in one short video i figured that would be a whale of a task a big old blue whale. With this thought, the blue whale locksport challenge was born. So the, the rules follow the basic rules of the belt system. You first you have to pick a white belt lock using any tool, then pick yellow and orange belt rated locks, and then you have to start single pin picking. Single pin pick a green and blue belt lock, but there is no need to gut or reassemble it says. The timer starts the second your pick enters the first lock and ends the second the last lock is open. First 100 finishers with video get a patch. Pick them all in 10 minutes or less and your badge becomes adorned with a shiny gold star. Use the hashtag the blue whale lock sport challenge in your video to assist others in finding it. And then to get credit DM Bandido Brandido either on Reddit or on Discord with the video link and mailing address for your patch. And if you're interested in the challenge, there is a link in the show notes to the challengelock.com site for this particular challenge. And good luck. And CLK Supplies has just released their Lock Boss Season 2.1. So if you remember the first half of the year, they were running their usual weekly Lock Boss giveaways, but they were also collecting those entries for a bigger giveaway for a very fancy uh, machine. That section is now closed. And they have now started season 2.1. Season 2.1 is going to be very much like the first half of the season, it sounds like. You've got the weekly drawings every Tuesday with the prizes of apparel, stickers, hats, and other surprises. The second drawing, which will have winners announced on September 7th, is for a brand new bench setup. It includes a JMA Berna Simply Key Machine a 3000th Pro Universal Pinning Kit, and, of course, the Lockboss Ultimate Work Mat. So if you are interested in any of that, all you have to do is just keep entering the CLK Supplies Lockboss Weekly Giveaways. Over on Reddit, a user named NiceName7302 posted a question. What makes certain locks more valuable? So this person has a large collection of locks and keys and is looking for information on what makes certain types 
more valuable than others. They are confused and frustrated about the lack of resources that clearly explain what factors contribute to the lock's value, such as manufacturer, model, age, rarity, degree of difficulty to pick, etc. They mention seeing examples of similar locks selling for vastly different prices and are looking for a little more clarity. There is already some useful discussion in the comments section. So if you've wondered about the value of your locks, or if you have something useful to add to the conversation, be sure to follow the link in the show notes and check out this post on Reddit. Back over on Twitter, the Physical Security Village account officially posted that it's happening. The Physical Security Village will be back in Las Vegas, Nevada for DEF CON 31. And they say we will be posting soon with our calls for everything. So get excited and we'll see you in August. So if you're planning on going to DEF CON, this is be a good one to check out. Maybe you can uh, help out. A lot of you are very experienced in this kind of stuff. Or if not, just stop by and say hi. And would you like two historic combination locks safe? One more than 100 years old? That's what was posted over on Reddit by Historic Dave. The full post says, Would you like two historic combination lock safes? Both were inherited from the Spanish Town Historical Society. They were in the building that has been remodeled into a new museum for the Half Moon Bay History Association. The safe with an eagle came from the original bank of Half Moon Bay, which in turn became one of the early branches of Bank of America. Safes are quite heavy. The Eagle safe weighs about two tons. Black safe is several hundred pounds. We would very much like to have these in the hands of somebody who is interested in history, historic safes, or both. They are too large for our museum space. Transportation will be your responsibility, although we can help get them loaded on a truck or trailer. Safes are located in Half Moon Bay, California, for anybody who's interested. Sounds like they were also posted in r slash safes, and they have a link to Google Drive with pictures of the different safes and contact information if you are interested. Moving on to videos, Oak City Locksport directors were all interviewed in a panel style on the Kakalaki Con YouTube channel. Description says that the Oak City Locksport nonprofit directors Patrick McNeil Jeremy Thomas and Tom Kraus, accompanied by member Alex Sun. This year, we'll open the Lockpick Village with a special talk from Oak City Locksport. The village will open immediately following the talk. The panel discusses topics such as how OCL started and why we chose to go on our own journey, how newcomers can get started, figure out what's going on with a lock, and be successful our favorite tools and training equipment, as well as those to stay away from, locks that we actually recommend, and physical security tips and tricks. So if you'd like to watch the uh, recording of the hour-long panel, you can find that in the show notes. And next we have what sounds like an introduction to a new interesting series over on the Lockpicker 1969's YouTube channel. Really coming up with some interesting concepts for videos to do over there. This is Introduction to the Challenge Lock Workshop Series. The description says, Introduction to the Challenge Lock Workshop Series. This is an introduction to a series I will be doing, which will include interviews with challenge lock makers as well as pickers. 
It will also include videos showing different aspects of making Challenge Lock, as well as helping share and premiere existing Challenge Locks that are out there to raise awareness of them. And that sounds like it could be in another really interesting series from the Lockpicker 69. And I recommend you go uh, check out the premiere episode. And while you're uh, on YouTube, you might want to swing by Adam Savage's tested YouTube channel where he posted a video called Adam Savage Finally Finds Good Shop Storage Drawers. In the video, Adam has already picked up an old used uh, medical cabinet that has large low-profile drawers that will be good for organizing some of the stuff in his shop. However, one of the drawers has a locked compartment, and he wants access to that compartment, so you get to see Adam actually doing lockpicking with his lockpicks, which he very clearly says came from Covert Instruments. Anyway, if you're interested in seeing Adam Savage pick a lock, check out the link in the show notes. Moving on to new products, we have the Multipick Elite G-Pro Community Edition. This is their popular G-Pro dimple lockpicks with a new handle shape that was done in collaboration with LockNoob. The description says... You find our G-Pro dimple lockpicks great, but would like to have bigger, thicker handles? You're not alone in the lockpicking community. That's why we now have a limited edition with bigger, thicker handles and an additional marking indicating the index point. This provides you with two practical advantages simultaneously. Easier to hold the pick, and the index point is always in view. This way you will always be able to locate the next pin. The handles and the compilation of the kit were done in collaboration with LockNoob and have been additionally surface-treated by us in order to make the surface more scratch-resistant. And it says the new kit is only available for a limited time, so definitely working on the FOMO aspect of marketing. Looks like it's going for about €135 or about $151 US. And Hazardous Manufacturing put out a tweet saying that they have scales for Moki picks. Uh, description from their site says, Moki tools are known for their exceptional finish, precise profiles, and a unique second tip in the handle that ensures you're never caught off guard without a tool. We're thrilled to offer a vast range of top quality acrylic handles that cater to everyone's preferences. The handles boast rounded edges for comfort and counterboard holes for screws, ensuring comfort during long picking sessions. Additionally, our screws have a slotted side, allowing for a secure and firm grip to maximize critical feedback from the tool. Keep in mind that pick scales are created on a made-to-order basis, so please a lot of time for processing. Looks like they are currently going for $7.53 a piece. That includes a matching pair of acrylic lockpick scales and three pairs of mating screws, according to the website. The picks are not included. But if you are a fan of Moki picks, here you go. And next, uh, nothing specific new, but somebody sent me a link, and I hadn't seen this before. I hadn't specifically looked, but I hadn't seen it before. Red Team Tools has a new products page. So if you're wondering what is new over there, you can follow the link in the show notes to redteamtools.com slash new products, and you will get a listing of all their latest editions. And there's always new stuff coming out over there. So be a good one to bookmark. And they also have a discount items page, which I will have uh, linked in the sales section. Next up, we have 
an interesting resource for those interested in physical security topics. We have Try Hack Me with their physical security intro. I believe I've covered this before. I've covered Try Hack Me back in, I believe, episode 60. But I can't remember exactly what I said. And frankly, a lot of the people listening now weren't listening. So it's probably about time for a reminder. It says, this room is an introduction to physical security methods to bypass locks, doors, and other physical barriers. Sections included in this are the introduction, overt, covert, and surreptitious entry, lock picking, lock anatomy, padlock bypassing, hardware bypassing, and credits and more resources. And you can get to that at tryhackme.com slash room slash physical security intro, or just click on the link in the show notes. And that will give you access to uh, maybe learn something new in physical security or just show how much you already know for those of you who are already experts. Moving on to events and meetups, we have first off Hack for Kids Chicago taking place June 3rd in Chicago, Illinois. Circle City Con taking place June 23rd in Indianapolis, Indiana. Lockfest EU September 23rd in Carlo Vary, Czech Republic. Hack for Kids Grand Rapids, September 29th in Grand Rapids, Michigan. Besides Augusta, October 7th, Augusta, Georgia. Besides Jacksonville, October 14th, Jacksonville, Florida. MLA Expo, October 20th, St. Quentin Gate, Telford, Stratfordshire. St. Con, October 24th in Provo, Utah. And ISSA Columbus. October 21st, Columbus, Georgia. And last, but definitely not least, DEFCON 31, Las Vegas, Nevada on August 10th. All right, no new uh, Lockpickers United belts this week as of this recording time. So we'll move right on to thanking the people that made this particular episode possible. Start with the financial supporters. We have Panda Frog, Michael Gilchrist, Starlock, Williams Brain, Dave To Be Deciphered, Lebon's Locksport Journey, Pat from Uncensored Tactical. Three Raccoons in a Coat, Cherell, a.k.a. Anthony, Dr. Hogmaster, Clayton Howard, a.k.a. Cool Tune, Mog, Rat Yoke, Mr. Picker, Cranky Lockpicker, Barebones Lockpicking, Snake, Paracentric, John R., Chief Content Producer for this episode, Cherell, a.k.a. Anthony, Other Content Producers, Bandito, Brandito 07, Barebones Lockpicking, Diggs, Even Fleur, I Fisk, I'm Gumby, Jimmy Longs, Joshua Gonzalez, Lady Locks, Open Lock, Pocket Woman, Tequila Dave, the Lockpicker 1969, and Tony Varelli. Thank you to all of you for your continued support of this show. And don't forget, this show is only possible because of that support. This show was founded on the principle that you guys send in news and I cover it on the podcast. So the number one most important thing you can do to keep this show running is sending in your news, links, events, giveaway information, anything you have, anything at all related to Locksport, Send it to either podcast at thelocksportscast.com or any of the other methods listed in the show notes. Or just tag me on social media, whatever. Get it to my attention and uh, we'll get it shared on the show and get you credit for it. If you can't share news, the other things you can do to help are share the podcast with your lockpicking friends, leave a review, comment, thumbs up, subscribe on your favorite platform. If you want to help financially, you can. PayPal, Patreon, Subscribestar are all available. Not required, but definitely appreciated. If you support the show with information that I use in an episode or donation, I will give you credit in the show and in the show notes, just like the people 
You heard me mention earlier. Next up, we have an interesting story, lock-related story, out of Hampton, Virginia. Discovery of hidden vault inside coffee shop captivates the imagination and the internet. In Hampton, Virginia, a hidden vault inside the Buckrow Coffee Company captivated the imagination of the internet. The coffee shop owner, Bob Williams, had no idea the vault was there until a contractor working on renovations discovered it. It's believed to date back to when the building was a bank, which ended in the 1990s. It has a large metal door with combination lock, and the combination to the lock, of course, is lost with time because nobody even remembered the vault was down there. They contacted David Goodman of Coffee's Lock Shop in early May to help them open the vault, but of course it was rusted shut as well. And Goodman decided that they would have to cut through the wall to get access to the vault. It's kind of interesting. So this is a Buckrow coffee shop and they uh, hired Coffee's locksmith. I didn't even notice that when I was writing this down. Anyway, they turned the opening of the vault into an online event live streaming to followers for seven hours on May 3rd as they cut through the vault to reveal what was inside. And people all over the world tuned in to see what might be discovered. To get into the vault, they cut through solid concrete to make a one-foot hole for the team to crawl through. It took seven hours before they could enter the vault. Inside the vault, they found an assortment of random items, including books, mugs, horseshoes, license plates, receipts, computers from 1992, old bottles, stuffed animals, and dishes. They also found a safe within the vault, which contained only rubber bands. Since the vault is too big and heavy to remove, It will remain there, and they hope to turn the vault into a walkthrough attraction where people can go inside the vault and buy merchandise. And at this point, they do not intend to cover up the hole they had to cut into the vault to break into it. So, if you're in the Virginia area, when they open, might be an interesting place to visit. Moving on to lockpicking criminals. First up, Florida man arrested at Disney, caught with stolen credit cards and social security forms. Story says that a Florida resident was arrested after he engaged in a massive stealing spree at Disney Springs. Among the items stolen were cell phones, driver's licenses, and merchandise from stores in the area. And Disney Springs is the Walt Disney World shopping and dining district, evidently. Uh, It's home to dozens of name brand stores and eateries, which evidently made it an interesting place for this person to go start a robbing spree. However, things did not go quite as the suspect would have hoped. According to the arrest report, the suspect was equipped with lockpicking tools. He was caught in action on February 2023 by a loss prevention officer. The officer noticed him taking some clothes, putting them into a shopping bag, and stuffing them in his backpack. When he was stopped, they found that he had quite a collection of stolen goods in his backpack, including pants, socks, boxers, shirts, shorts, and a tank top. Total value was about $323. When officers got a chance to go through the backpack a little better, they also found four different cell phones and a lockpicking set. Suspect also had a dash camera, GoPro, and a rangefinder, and was carrying a Disney Coco guitar still in the box and Disney book, which were determined to be stolen from the World of Disney store. Disney declined to prosecute and their items were returned to him. Inside the suspect's wallet, authorities found four different Florida driver's licenses, a credit card, 
and social security paperwork, none of which belong to him. So this person is preying on not only their stores, but since he has multiple driver's licenses and social security paperwork and credit cards that don't belong to him, he's probably also preying on their customers, but they decided not to prosecute this particular offender for some reason. And the next story, Locksmith explains how 14-year-old was able to steal a school bus. This is from Nashville, Tennessee. Evidently, a 14-year-old boy was able to steal a charter school bus. And in this particular article, the school district and a local locksmith are explaining how that happened. They say that many who have heard about the bus theft have wondered if the teenager used a spare key, hotwired it, or made a duplicate key. Police say the teen stole the school bus from Kip College Prep School's parking lot on Saturday afternoon. Then he crashed into a gas pump in West Nashville, nearly ran someone over, and crashed into a car before speeding onto I-40 West. Police deployed spike strips on the interstate, and when the teen saw the spike strips, he tried to turn the bus around on the interstate. While he tried to turn around, he was then surrounded by police. Kip College Prep said the teen used a key that didn't belong to the bus to start it and drive away. According to the locksmith, they interviewed Matt Ellis. School buses most of the time have a bluebird keyway, and those don't use transponders. He also said that there are not very many key options that they have, so you definitely could start it with something that is similar to whatever key the bluebird originally took and suggested that the school district make some uh, changes to make this more difficult to do in the future. Anyway, all right, moving on to sales. We have a new sale here for Peterson's GSP Ghost with Extra Roll Case. The set is $129 US, and there is a code. If you follow the link in the show notes, there's a code for 25% off if you're interested in buying that item. Also, as mentioned earlier, Red Team Tools has a discount items page. So no discount code, but link in the show notes for their discount items page so you can see what happens to be on sale. We have a 20% off code for Jimmy Long's, and that code is the Lock Sports Cast. And if you don't know how to spell that, link in the show notes. And over at 3D Locksport, you can get 10% off with the code LSCAST10. Barebones Lock Picking for the month of May, you can get 10% off with the code PRINCEREturns10. Over at Vent or ZFix, you can check out their specials page for the items that they currently have a discount on. If you're shopping at Multipick, we have five different coupon codes available for Multipick, depending on which creator you would prefer to support. If you're shopping at Southord, don't forget to check out their sale items page and their cosmetically blemished page, both of which can save you some money on certain items that may be of interest. Over at Law Lock Tools, you can get 10% off if you use Review Guru's discount code, which is linked in the show notes. You can save 50% off of their pouches if you use the code POUCH50 at checkout. And you can save 50% off the Ridgeback set if you use the code RB50 at checkout. Those codes are valid, they say, while supplies last. Over at Artisan Ideas, if you're interested in the Antique Lock and Keys, their Histories, Uses, and Mechanisms book, you can use the code JASON 
to uh, save some money over there. We have the ever-present code for Mako Locks. 15% off if you use the code BUYMAKO. And 10% off at UK Lock Pickers if you use the code GIFT. Giveaways are the same as last week. We have the Lock Picker 1969 Lock Sport Bundle Giveaway featuring Sparrows that started on May 10th and runs through June 3rd. Pocket Woman does monthly giveaways as part of her Lotto Lock Tuesday series, which everybody is welcome to participate in. You can uh, pick a Lotto Lock on Tuesday, use her hashtag, and get in on that fun. If you happen to be checking out the Picking Time live streams, you can uh, enter giveaways that they sometimes have over there. So be sure to check that out. It's also just looks like it's a good fun time. Just a bunch of people picking and hanging out together on a Sunday. So always a good time, even if you're not interested in the giveaway. And CLK Supplies has the Lock Boss giveaways that they do every week. And they have their longer running giveaway that uh, ends this time in September for a whole bunch of really cool prizes. If you uh, enter the weekly giveaways, you're automatically entered into the bigger giveaway. So doesn't hurt. Check it out. And that brings us to the end of another episode. Thank you to everyone who has been contributing news and uh, stories and giveaways and everything else that you guys send in. Thank you for listening and uh, making the podcast a success. Uh, Stumbling over my words there, but that's nothing new. You just normally don't hear it because I edited it out. Anyway, thank you for all of your support. Thank you for listening. And remember to keep it legal.